Thank you. Thank you for being here on this beautiful, sunny... Well, it's going to be still sunny for today, isn't it? Don't look at the weather forecast for tomorrow. Um, or if you do, keep, keep finding different forecasts until you find one that's going to be sunny. <laughs> then believe that. <laughs> Hallelujah. But he's made a forecast. God has made a forecast to us about our lives. And by the way... There's some sun in the, in the sky as far as God is concerned for us. Isn't that good? Thank you for being here. It's so good to see you. Last Sunday was awesome, wasn't it? And to see this place so packed out. And, and uh, you know, a lot of we've got people in Scotland, on the south coast, in Wales, and, and the east coast, and in countries all over the place today on holiday. We pray they'll have a great time. And I join with Rachel in congratulating those of you that got really good results this last week. And we'll get them this coming week. We're so proud of you. Well done to you. Thank you. So God is good. Amen? Amen. And all the time? Woo, you're in good voice today. Keep it up all the time I preach. I only ever preach better if people shout amen and all that sort of stuff, you know? There you go. My subject today is... We're doing in the months, the weeks of August, we're doing a series of teachings about learning to, and we've, we've already talked about learning to trust and learning, you know, and all those. This time is learning to stand in the gap. How many of you have been to London and been on the railway station where they say, mind the gap, mind the gap? And the reason they say mind the gap is because you could fall in the gap. The reason is because there is a gap. You don't have to mind a gap if there's no gap. The reason that you've got to mind the gap is because there is a gap. And actually there are gaps all around us in society, even in our church. And the best way to mind the gap is to fill the gap. Then you don't fall down it. It's a really challenging verse in Ezekiel, chapter 22, verse 30. I remember listening to a sermon on this when I was, I think I must have been about uh, 12 or 13 years of age and a very powerful preacher preached on this verse and, and I, I was devastated. Um, very often I am the sort of person that can weep when God touches me and I, things really get into my heart and, and I know those of you who know me a long time have seen that and I remember I can distinctly remember the place and I can remember the preacher and I can remember the time when the preacher preached this verse and he preached it just like it is and I cried my eyes out let me read you the verse it's in Ezekiel chapter 22 verse 13 it says and I looked this is God looking for a man among them who would build up the wall and stand before me in the gap on behalf of the land so that I would not have to destroy it, but I found none. Challenging verse. And the preacher spent the next 45, or maybe in those days an hour, saying, there's no one standing in the gap. And I remember at the end of that sermon, 12, 13 years of age maybe, already having a sense of the call of God on me. And I said to myself, I am going to give my life to stand in the gap. This gap, that gap, everywhere, a gap, gap. I'm going to stand in that gap as much as I possibly can so that people don't have to mind the gap, that God would find somebody as imperfect as me and as young as me in those days. Still these days, isn't it? 
So that God, God is always looking for somebody who will stand in the gap. The, the context of this verse in Ezekiel chapter 22:30 is this. The, it was a very difficult time for the Jewish nation. The, the nation was in trouble. Read the Old Testament and you find out the, the Israelite nation was in trouble all the time. Their leaders were corrupt. The priesthood had failed. The prophets were just saying what they wanted to say, not what God was telling them. It was all going wrong. They were heading for calamity. And the God who does not turn a blind eye was going to need to bring judgment on the waywardness, on the sinful. God does, God does not turn a blind eye. That's why he came to forgive us from our sins and bury it in the deepest sea so they don't remember against us anymore. And he deals with sin and he's always looking for a way to deal with it. And all God was looking for in Ezekiel's moment was somebody, anybody, any man, any woman, somebody who would stand in the wall, the wall of defense, the, somebody that he could trust to actually bring a difference. He was looking to right the wrong. He was looking to make a way where there seemed to be no way. He was looking to bring mercy rather than judgment. He was looking for somebody to build up the walls. He was looking to bring restoration and save the people from judgment. And he found none. And that's where my preacher finished. And he walked off the pulpit. And I sat there as a young boy with tears in my eyes saying, God, when you look in my day, you're not going to find none. You're going to find me. With all of my faults and with all of my failings and with all of that, you're going to find me. And you know, there's been loads of times when I didn't know why God ever trusted me, but... You know, here I am still wanting to try and find, stand in the gap. Because God is looking for people who will stand in the gap in our day. Right now our country needs people who will stand in the gap to help rebuild the, rebuild the walls in our society. The, the needs of our country, the needs of our church, the needs in our families. So many people opt out because they couldn't be bothered. So many people opt out because they got upset. So many people opt out because of, well, it was their fault, and, but actually God is looking for us to opt in and stand in the gap and say, here I am, Lord, available. Help me be part of the answer so that I don't have to hold a placard and say, mind the gap, that people can walk across the platform, if you like, of our train station and not fall down the gap because me and you are standing in the gap. And God doesn't have to bring judgment. He brings mercy instead. Moses was somebody who stood in the gap. Moses was, was the leader of the children of Israel and much earlier on in the Ezekiel story, but they'd been in the wilderness journey for a long time, if you remember, and they were in a bad place once again. They'd rejected God. They turned away from God, and they were now worshiping a golden calf. Can you believe it? Moses could have walked out furious with the people I've laid down my life for you. I've done this. I've done that. And you stupid people have done this again. I mean, have you heard of, No, don't put your hand up. I think I would have joined Moses if that was what he'd have said. But instead of doing that, he stood in the gap and went before God and said, Oh God, I'm pleading for mercy. In Psalm 106, there's very graphically said there, in verses 21 to 22, they, that's the children of Israel, forgot the God who saved them, who had done great things in Egypt, miracles in the land of Ham, and awesome deeds by the Red Sea, 
So he said, God said, he would destroy them. Had not Moses, his chosen one, stood in the breach, stood in the gap before God and asked him to keep his is, is uh, to, before him to keep his wrath from destroying them. Moses went before God, stood in the gap on behalf of his nation, the nation that he'd led out of Egypt. And because Moses had stood in the gap, God responded on that day, and mercy came instead of wrath. Thank you, Mr. Moses. Daniel did the same thing. Again, the children of Israel were in a bad situation. Uh, they had not honored the Lord, they were living according to their own plan, and, decide, and Daniel decided that something needed to be done, so he stood in the gap and he cried out to God. And here's just a few, few phrases taken out of Daniel chapter 9, and we're going to start to read some of those verses out of uh, Daniel 9 verse 3. So Daniel said, so I turned in the light of all the trouble, I turned to the Lord God and pleaded with Him in prayer and petition, in fasting and in sackcloth and in ashes. Daniel was serious. He didn't put his best suit on and go before the Lord and eloquently say in a King James English, Oh, now behold thou almighty God, wouldst thou consider... No, he, he pleaded with God with sackcloth and ashes, crying before the Lord. You know, there is a time, I think, to come before God like that. I found myself praying like that about our nation more than I have maybe for many years. Crying out, oh God, in the middle of all that's happening in our society and around the world, God, come and help us, show mercy to us. Verse 17 of Daniel 9 says, D Daniel is saying, Hear the prayers and the petitions of your servant. Nothing wrong in saying to God, hear me. Sometimes when we are praying together, as we do daily, I say to God, Lord, I'm sorry I'm asking, but you told me to ask. I've even said as far as to God, I said, if you didn't want to ask, you should have never invited me to ask. He told us to ask. He told us to seek. He told us to knock. He told us to be persistent in our knocking. And what Daniel was doing... He was standing before God and knocking the door and saying, Hear our prayers. In verse 18, Daniel said this in Daniel 9. We make our request because of your mercy. We know that you're a God of mercy. So don't do us in. Don't bring judgment. Save us, God. Show us mercy. And then again in verse 19 of that same chapter, Daniel, in his prayer to God, said, Oh, Lord, listen. I mean, what a... It's an audacious thing to say to God, you're turning a deaf ear to me. Rachel, when she wants to get my attention. She did it this morning. I was busy talking to somebody, and I suddenly heard, she either calls me Uncle Ian, or this morning she called me Pastor Ian. And I turned around and she says, that got your attention, didn't it? Because when, when she just says Ian or something, it's, I hear it somewhere and turned a deaf ear to her but Daniel is saying to God Lord listen he was listening all along but God is looking for us whether we're serious about this to stand in the gap and Daniel carried on and said oh Lord forgive audacious again why should God forgive a wayward people because he's a God of mercy he's a God of grace and then Daniel said again oh Lord hear and act 
He was standing in the gap on behalf of his nation in a very difficult time. And it didn't take long. That was verse 19 of Daniel 9. Verse 20 shows this. While I was speaking. Oh my. Do you know God is active right now? He's just looking for us to say something. He's just looking for us to do something. He's just looking for us to take a position to stand in the gap. And whilst I was speaking, Daniel said this, and praying and confessing my sin and the sin of my people Israel, that's standing in the gap, and making my request to the Lord my God for His holy hill, while I was still in prayer, Gabriel, the man I had seen in the earlier vision, came to me in swift flight. That's concord. He didn't sidle up like this. I think like, whoosh! And here's Angel Gabriel in swift flight. Why? Because God is quick to answer us when we call. And he came about the time of the evening sacrifice. He instructed me and said to me, Daniel, I have come now to give you insight and understanding. And as soon as you began to pray, an answer was given, which I've come to tell you, for you are highly esteemed. Awesome. When Daniel stood in the gap on behalf of his nation, immediately that Daniel started to pray, God sent Gabriel on a concord mission swiftly to earth to come and say, I'm going to give you insight and understanding. Do you notice those two words? Insight and understanding. I'm going to give you strategy for the needs of your moment. And by the way, I answered and I sent the answer the very moment that you were praying. Some of you are facing things and you're standing in the gap in your family. You're standing in the gap as far as our nation is concerned. You're standing in the gap in all sorts of different things. I want to tell you, raise your voice in prayer. Raise your voice with petition. Raise your voice with faith. Come before the Lord and say, oh God, save now. We're crying out to you. We're believing God that you're going to step in and, and help us. And when you do, whether that's locally for you, whether that's across your family, whether that's for your church, our city, our nation, the world in which we live in, I I want to tell you something. God is going to send Gabriel, if you like, on a Concord mission directly to you. God is not slow in answering when we call upon him. It's a tragic situation if there's trouble and there is no one to stand in the gap. In Psalm 107 verse 12, it says, they stumbled and there was no one to help. It's a tragic situation. But thank God for the very next verse in Psalm 107. Next verse on it says, Then they cried to the Lord in their trouble, and He saved them from their distress. He brought them out of darkness and the deepest gloom and broke away their chains. When you call out to God, when you think there's nobody there, there's nobody to help you, there's nobody who's going to bring you through, when you think you're all alone and you think all help is gone, cry out to God. He will help you. And by the way, standing in the gap, is that is you, Asking God to help somebody else. I'm grateful for many people in this church who are intercessory prayers. Do you know what intercessory prayer is? People who stand in the gap. Some of them meet together here in the church building often. Some of them meet before the service. Done it today. Do it every single Sunday. Did it all the time. We're in lockdown. Last time you saw people stood on our stage. They, oh, we're here because of the lockdown broadcast and all that. And I think, yes, Lord. But then I remember that people stood in the gap for us. While we were preaching down a camera, people were praying for us. While I'm standing here preaching like this, people praying for us, standing in the gap, praying for you, praying for 
our church's ministry, praying for the city, praying for the effect of the gospel. It's standing in the gap. Thank you very much to all of our intercessory prayers. You are doing a great job. Don't stop now. We need to keep praying. Thank you. Standing in the gap can make a difference for a nation. Standing in the gap can make a difference for an individual. We're there to, you know, it's not just the survival of the fittest. It's not just looking after your own ends to make sure that you make it through. We're supposed to help everybody to make it through. We're supposed to make, it's a great illustration behind my icon for the preaching today. If you've seen the two rocks out there and somebody standing up with their hand like this with somebody on there, you know, and that somebody underneath there only sees the hand. They don't necessarily see the person who's there. It's no great glory to that cartoon picture. It's just that if we can help somebody to get from this side to that side and, and make their journey through, thank God for that. God saw it. Ecclesiastes chapter 4 verses 9 and 10 said this, Two are better than one, because they have a good return for their work. If one falls down, his friend can help him up, but pity the man who falls and has no one to help him up, no one to be standing in the gap. I've been grateful for people who stood with me in difficult times in my life. When I thought, oh dear Lord, what's going on? Somebody puts their arms around me and says, I'm praying for you. You're going to come through this. God is going to help you. You know, down through the years, there's been people who stood and helped me in my gap. Standing up to protect. Standing up. Standing up actually like Jesus. Because that's what Jesus did. Our world needs to see Jesus. They don't need to see religion. They need to see Jesus. And when the world is looking at the church these days, what are they seeing? I think, oh my God, help us please so that we will reflect who Jesus is. That if Jesus was living in Wakefield in 2022, and Jesus was doing what he, we knew he did, and they looked at us and they were to look at Jesus, would he be here? That it would be the same thing. We've got to reflect who Jesus is. We've got to represent who Jesus is. People need to see His love. They need to see His wisdom in the way of living. They need to see His grace and His mercy. How He turns people's lives around. They need to see how He forgives. How He restores. And how that restoration is like the dawning of a new day. Jesus was illustrating that very same point in Matthew chapter 25. And we're going to read it from verse 35. And, it, and Jesus was talking to people. Well, he, he was telling a story about this. And he said, And I was hungry, and you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty, and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger, and you invited me in. I needed clothes, and you clothed me. I was sick, and you looked after me. I was in prison, and you came to visit me. <laughs> then the righteous will answer him, Lord... When did we see you hungry and feed you, or thirsty and give you something to drink? When did we see you as a stranger and invite you in, or need clothes and clothe you? When did we see you sick or in prison and go to visit you? Then the king replied, I tell you the truth. Whatever you did for one of the least of these brothers of mine, you did it for me. When we stand in the gap and we feed, when we care, when we love, when we are representing Jesus in the world, we're doing it as unto the Lord. We're representing Jesus well. That's, the, that's what Jesus has called every one of us to do. There's a hedge. 
There's a gap in our heads that needs filling. People need feeding. People need loving. People need acceptance rather than condemnation and rejection. There's a gap in the wall and God is asking if you will... Well, we've got a choice really. We either kick down the wall or we rebuild it. We either make it worse or we, be, we make it better. We either do that, we do that in the way that we treat people. We do that in the way that we treat the opportunity. Break down the wall or build it up. I want to be a wall builder. I don't want to stand in the gap. I want to say, oh God, do something again. I want to cry out like Daniel did and say, Lord, listen, you know, have mercy on us. Have mercy on this nation of ours. God, in this time in which we are living, let there be a release of your grace. 2 Chronicles 7.14, you know the verse very well, said, if, and there's a big word, if, I-F, capital I-F really, if my people who are called by name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and will hear their land. That's standing in the gap. There's a call on us, I believe, as a church and the people of God to stand in the gap for our country. We have a choice to stand by and criticize or stand in the gap in intercessory prayer with repentance and believe God for revival in our country. And I'll tell you which side of that argument I'm on. I'm standing before God with a passionate prayer in my heart that says, send revival. Lord, listen to us. Let these be the days that hasten the second coming of Jesus Christ. Why? Because God wants to restore. He wants to restore not just the church. He wants to restore the, the world. He wants to turn the world right side off. He wants to bring back godly values, decency, forgiveness, joy, peace, and righteousness. God wants to destroy the works of the devil. He's wreaked, wreaked havoc. He's brought so much pain and destruction through drugs and drink and violence, sexual sin, abuse, brokenness, grief, and selfishness. But I want to tell you, in the middle of all of that brokenness, God has got a plan, and His plan involves you and me to stand in the gap and to bring a message of hope so that they can find the life that Jesus said he came to bring. Standing in the gap for your family. Standing in the gap at your workplace. Standing in the gap for your church. Standing in the gap for your nation. You know, when we do that, we help secure a grace future for the people, for our country. God's plan for church and for you and me is that we are an intercessory people, a people of prayer standing in the gap rather than sitting down and doing nothing. I, when I was preparing this message, I had a, a daydream moment at this moment in, in this progression of the message. And I asked myself the question, so, so why don't I do it all the time? And why don't other people do it all the time? And I just asked that question, so why, why, what stops us? I came out with three little answers that I'm going to suggest to you to think about. Number one, it is, <clears throat> for some, it's, that they are too concerned only about their own lives. It's all about me and mine. Forgetting the fact that one day they might need somebody else to stand in the gap for them because we don't know what tomorrow brings. And so I would suggest to those sort of people, sow something good today so that when your day of need comes, there is somebody who will also stand for you on that day. Second sort of people that... Some, for some reason they don't do it, is that they're critical of the people that they, why should I ask God to bless them? Jonah had this problem. 
When God said to him, go to Nineveh, he said, I don't want to go. Those people, they deserve to burn in hell. You know, we can write people off, can't we? And so I'm not going to lift a finger to help them through. But you know, the heart of God is full of compassion for people. And sometimes we just need to get over our personal likes and dislikes and say, God, how do you feel? You know, and I'll tell you how God feels about people. He loves them unconditionally. And we need to get stirred again with the compassion of Jesus which reaches out to people. And then there's a third sort of person that says, well, you know what? I'm hurt myself. Actually, I'm tired myself. You know, I will stand in the gap one day when I'm ready. And you get the feeling like you're, you're waiting for a doctor's certificate to say, you're all sorted out. Now, go. Well, you know, God is never looking for us to be perfect. He's never looking for us to get to the place where we have ticked all the boxes. You know, even in our weakness, God can make us strong. You know, even when we feel tired, God gives us His energy. And there is no better way than to receive the blessing of the Lord than to actually go and do something to help somebody and stand in their gap. That's why the Bible says in Proverbs 11:25, He who refreshes others will himself be refreshed. So if you want to aid and, and help yourself to become restored and strong and full of the joy of the Lord, go and help somebody else and stand in their gap. Go and bless them. Go and encourage them. Say, well, I'm so tired. You know, there will come joy. There will come energy when you go and help somebody else because that's the way that God plans it. Aren't you glad that Jesus stood in, in the gap for you? There was a huge gap, wasn't there? Righteousness and unrighteousness and Jesus stood inside the gap and he became righteousness for us and put his hands up and we can walk across his hands into the blessing of the Lord. I'm going to tell you something that's awesome. He stretched out his hands in, on Calvary and reached out to a, to a dying hell destined me and you and said, come to me and I will give you rest. And he came and stretched out his hands and said, I'll give you forgiveness. I'll not only just forgive you, but I'm going to give you a brand new life. You're going to be born again. He, he was the greatest gap filler of all time. He made it possible for us to have a relationship with God. That's why Hebrews 7, 25 says, therefore he is able to save completely those who come to God through him because he always lives to intercede for them standing in the gap for them Jesus stood in your gap he stood and reached out to you and said you can come to the father through me and he intercedes he stands in the gap and says come come and he holds his hands up and we're able to bridge that gulf that was between God and man because of the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ he was our intercessor he made a way that's why he said I am the way the truth and the life he is the restorer of our soul he is our life he is the reason for our hope for tomorrow he was the reason that me and you are not rejected today we're not condemned we're not cast out because Jesus stood in the gap for us it cost Jesus his life to stand in the gap. He died. Wouldn't it have been a terrible day on that day when, if God had said, I'm looking for somebody to stand in the gap so that society, the world can be saved. And Jesus had not been available, not been willing. Do you remember the Gethsemane? Nevertheless, not my will, but your will be done. It, he didn't find none on that day, day. He found Jesus. 
Now he's looking at our day and he's saying, who will he find? I was a young man in the days of, of missions, missionaries, and missionary evenings and slideshows and all of that. People who gave their life to go to many of the countries that I now go to in Africa and, and India, far-flung countries of the world. They left their homes. They gave up careers. They faced danger. They lost everything. Some of them even lost their lives. But they did it because they were prepared to stand in the gap to bring the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ to foreign fields. A few weeks' time, we will be in Zambia. And some weeks after that, in October, we'll be in, the, in Malawi. I, I've been to many places, and I go into those villages in Malawi, and they'll talk to me about people, people like you, they say, who a hundred years ago came to our country and preached Jesus, and now you're coming again. Hey, well, no, it's not me who's coming again. <laughs> Somebody went in and they were pioneers standing in the gap. I think about my mother. I often talk about her. Committed herself to pray for me. During difficult times, but she stood in the gap. And I tell you what, she was not prepared to let me fall down mind the gap. She was, laying, she was laid down all over that gap. And she was covering that whole thing. And, and I believe her prayers are still active for me, by the way. Her prayers didn't go to heaven with her when she died in 1980. Six, she's, her prayers are still active. Somebody stood in the gap for you. The reason, that's the reason why you're here today. Somebody somewhere has stood in your gap. And today we're wanting to stand in your gap as a church. We're wanting to, as a pastor and with the other pastors and elders and leaders with us, we want to stand in your gap. But you know what? We all need to stand in one another's gap. And then together as a church, we need to stand in the gap in society in which we're living and lift up Jesus in such a way that people don't fall in the gap, the gap of hopelessness, the gap of destruction and failure, the gap where the devil trips them up when they're near the edge of the platform so they fall head first down between the train and the platform again, and, and he just laughs when they, when they fall down there. But we want to be there to be able to rescue people from those terrible moments. Are you ready to take your place? Stand in the gap? Are you ready to say to God, here I am, wholly available? Maybe some of you have never given your life to Jesus Christ. Maybe you've been watching me this morning, sat on your sofa, or on a deck chair while you're on holiday or wherever you might be. Alongside many people in the church building today, I'm asking you, as I'm asking you, if you've never given your life to Jesus Christ before, why don't you choose to give your life to a Jesus who stood in the gap for you, who made it possible for you to pass from death to life, who made it possible for you to be forgiven, who made it possible for you to have hope for your future. If that's a decision that you want to make today, you know, we'd love to talk to you and pray with you, maybe give you some literature. Why don't you come and talk to us afterwards? Any, any one of our team, come and talk to us. Or send me an email, ian at destinychurch.co.uk and we'll get in touch with you tell you the joy of becoming a Christian. Jesus loves you so much. He's given his life for you. He's made it possible for you to not drop in the gap, but actually to be able to be safe from that so that you can be helped. And then you come and join us and let's together stand in the gap and see what God is going to do. These are exciting days. Now we need to say to God, I'm willing.
or I'm not. Which is it? I'm praying that we'll say, here I am, holy and well. Come on, let's stand and let's sing this great song together. Thank you very much. God bless you. Here I am.